RoboCop members, he is Murphy. This is spoilers. <laughs> this is spoilers. Welcome to spoilers. Hello. <laughs> Member Berries. <laughs> I'm Pappy. <laughs> Recording from Miami today. And we're going to spoil RoboCop in three acts. Play America's fastest growing segment, Final Thoughts. Give our rating and then play a trivia game to decide what movie we'll spoil next. So Hey, we had someone call in too. We had a call in. Oh yeah. And we'll hit up the fun line. So let's let's go ahead and introduce who's with us today. I think Josh inserted himself there. Josh. Yeah. How's it going? I interrupted. I apologize. This is Josh from Goshen, Indiana. How you guys doing? Pretty great. And you saw the movie Robocop? I've seen the movie Robocop once when I was a kid and then uh, again here recently. And this was the eighties Robocop, not the remake, right? Yeah, I have not seen the new one. I didn't know if anyone was going to talk about the new one on this pod, but... I'd prefer not to. Okay, I'd rather not either. <laughs> uh, let's keep it in Indiana. I think a guy who has seen the remake, uh, producer Stevie Putman. I have seen remake RoboCop, and it wasn't that awful. As you'd expect, a remake of a B-movie to be. But um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk about this uh, B-movie with an A budget. Well said. And last but not least, Money Mikey. What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, I haven't seen the remake either, but uh, it did look pretty interesting. I think Gary Oldman's in it. Interesting? Was that the word you would use? Interesting is a good word. I'll defend it. Because sequels are always so interesting. It's not a sequel, it's a remake. Reboots. Reboots. (laughs) Remakes. (laughs) 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 All right. Let's uh, let's get into Act One here. So uh, for Act One, uh, I said that we meet the newly transferred partner Murphy and his, uh, or sorry, newly transferred officer Murphy and his partner Lewis. Uh, we find out in this alternate reality that future Detroit isn't nice. How weird. <laughs> uh, Much like modern day Detroit. Actually, which is worse? <laughs> uh, modern day. I would say. Modern, modern day Detroit. I don't think we have any Detroit listeners anyway. Uh, yeah, but so the police force has been outsourced to the OCP Corporation. Uh, in this first act, we meet our antagonist, Red, from that 70s show. Uh, <laughs> Lewis and Murphy proceed after him in a bank robbery. And the way I said this act sort of ends is that uh, it's in the steel mill when Murphy gets shot up. So... Definitely breezed over a lot there, uh, but what did you guys think about this first act overall? Uh, I mean, I think what you just said there pretty much sums it up. Nothing really happens <laughs> until he gets blown away, and he gets blown away. He's like turned into hamburger meat. The violence in this movie is pretty great. Yeah, so they have they have a typical '80s explosion of ammo at him, and then Red comes up and shoots him like directly in the forehead. But I guess he kind of survives, like. They take him into surgery, and he survives like way too long for a gun blast to the brain. Don't you guys think? It's modern future medicine, dude. Miracles. <laughs> you guys, I mean, Pap, you skipped over the funniest part, like one of the funniest parts of the whole movie, though. What was that? It's when they bring in um, Ed in the boardroom meeting. <laughs> Can you break that down? Uh, they're having like a. It sounds like they want to sell like future weapons, to, like the military. And they bring in Ed, which looks like a really... The Ed 209 unit. The Ed 209. It's like what poor man's James Cameron would think of, like a futuristic robot. 
It's like a mech warrior from the old PC game. Yeah, very close to that. And you kind of, it looked really clunky and awful when he was walking, especially because I know they didn't have the technology or the budget to do it. But long story short, they wanted to do a demonstration of the robot disarming someone. And they put one of the board members with a gun up on him. And it malfunctions and shoots the board member at least 55 times, if not 100 (laughs) times in the chest. (laughs) You now have 15 seconds to comply. You are in direct violation of Penal Code 113, Section 9. You now have 5 seconds to comply. 'Cause he's like trying to escape the room and everyone's like pushing him back pushing him back into the sign of light of it at two oh nine. After after everybody freaks out, there's one guy who yells out, Hey, somebody call this guy a fucking medic. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> just blown to bits. Jones <laughs> <laughs> So we should say that uh maybe the man main antagonist who I didn't mention, the guy who's sort of pulling the strings behind everything, is a character named Dick Jones, right? Dick Jones. And he is the number two at OC, OCP Corp, who's uh, sort of pulling the strings. What did you guys think about his character? Uh, pretty skeezy slimeball. I was glad to see him die. It's kind of like your <clears throat> your typicals, like typical old man 80s slimeball. That's kind of the way I saw him. He's pretty perfect villain to a T, if you ask me. It's really uh, definitely a theme we've seen even here on Spoilers, is that in 80s action movies, the bad guy is oftentimes a businessman, and oftentimes yep. a very frustrated businessman. <laughs> or another. Just trying to make profits. Just trying to get that bread, hit, they never succeed. I hit those quarterly numbers. Uh, so the last point that I had here, too, is that the way the whole movie opens up, and Maybe if this wasn't like a satire, this would have bothered me more, but it opens up with news crew exposition, which is normally something that I hate in movies, but I think it works really well here. Does anyone want to sort of touch on what that was? Okay. <laughs> Josh, I mean, aren't you a newsman? Yeah. Mikey, don't you work for the news? <laughs> Mikey's a newsman. I don't remember what the... I don't remember what they were talking about. Was it just uh, satirical news stories from fake Detroit? Well, the thing that I, how I love about the news is that they're half covering RoboCop and half covering like really fucked up shit going on in the world. But the way that it's delivered is like with this big old smile <laughs> on their face, <laughs> like very awkwardly transitioning between two things. Uh, I think this first news story is they're talking about. Uh, that satellite that has a disruption before it starts killing people um, and some sort of war. But, I mean, did you guys like those segments or what did you guys think about the news and the commercials throughout this film? I love the commercial of I'll buy it for a dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. I That dude cracked me up the whole movie. That and the, um, the dinosaur chasing the... Um, the 6,000 SUX through the streets. <laughs> I thought the commercials were just awesome. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. 
And the news was pretty much Fox News, if I had like throw out like a station of what it would be. Wow, throwing Fox News under the bus. Gotta do it. <laughs> Shots fired. Fox News is pretty much the film ink of cable news networks. I Whoa, <laughs> that's not their name anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> film ink is name. not anyone. So yeah, let's get into Change Act 2 name. then, which is really the heart of this movie. So uh, in Act 2, we see the birth of RoboCop through a augmented first person type experience um meanwhile we learn about the inner politics of ocp during an awkward bathroom encounter uh and then robocop starts to sort of put together the mystery of who he was um based on a shootout that he has at a gas station then he does a little bit of research and there's another shootout at a cocaine factory um and then i sort of said act one ends when he goes to confront dick jones um Let's see. He goes to confront Dick Jones at the corporate headquarters and is basically shot at by one of the ED units and then shot at by the own police force and is rescued ultimately by Lewis. So uh, this is probably the majority of the movie, uh, but then really sets up for that really fun third battle. But Stevie, how would you describe, I guess, sort of some of the action scenes that we get to see with RoboCop? I think we see him solve a murder and a rape and a... Hostage situation? Were any of those your favorite? He solves them? You know, Is that how you put that? Yeah, he solves it from <laughs> happening. <laughs> it was going to be a murder and he solved it, so it's not a murder. Okay, okay. Prevented, he was going to rape a girl murder. and he solved it by shooting off the guy's dick. That's how he solved it. <laughs> it's a very adult version of Scooby-Doo, but... Um, <laughs> See, the first one was he, um, like, a convenience store was getting held up, held up, and he bent the guy's, like, automatic rifle in half, and then threw him through a glass, but never arrested him, which I thought was kind of odd. Uh, I think the second one was the attempted rape, and he shoots through this woman's skirt, and pretty much, I won't even put it lightly, he shoots off this dude's dick, which was pretty hilarious. The third one was the hostage situation. What, what was he, like a formal councilman? Yeah, I think he was a former uh, town council person who had lost the vote. And it was kind of funny how he was going about it. Cause he's like, I want a chopper. I want um, a convertible with a top that comes down and gets really shitty gas mileage. The 6,000 SUX. The 6,000 SUX. And the cop is just like, all right, man, we'll get you that. We'll get you that. And <laughs> um, RoboCop uses, I don't even know what kind of vision he uses, but he sees through the wall and ruins a bunch of uh, drywall tearing this dude through the drywall and arresting him. That's pretty much the the end of the Scooby-Doo mystery series with RoboCop. <laughs> How much drywall was injured during the making of this film? Not as many animals that were injured in Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> You can say that for sure. <laughs> Josh, what did you think about this middle act here? The heart of RoboCop. Uh, I really liked the the scene when they're booting him up and you kind of see different blinks of while they're creating him. And it's kind of like a it's kind of like a Silicon Valley like small company it looks like and there's like one girl in particularly that's like she gives them a kiss when they're like celebrating for New Year's or something like that. And Happy like, New Year. I thought that scene was kind of interesting to, as far as like a robot waking up and he sees like 
humans doing ridiculous stuff. But then also it contains a scene where um, the Bob Morton character, the, the kind of brainchild behind him, he looks at him like directly in the face and just goes, You're going to be a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. So Josh, you touched on Bob Morton. I think one of the things that I skipped over in the second act is the Coke party he has. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So I read that originally this Bob Morton character was going to be a little bit more um, sleazy, a little bit less likable, and more in power. But they ended up sort of adjusting it on the fly to make him more of an aspirational character in order to sort of win a little bit of a favor with the audience. Um, so I guess going into the Coke party, which is, excuse me, spoiler <laughs> where, where he dies. Uh, spoiler <laughs> bitches leave, please. But what did you guys think about his performance in his character? Well, I love at the beginning of the Coke party where he's really just nuzzling into some bags. <laughs> Some solid bags. <laughs> yeah, he does go full frat boy here and just uh, dives headfirst into these bags full of coke. Well, speaking of that, why do they have uh, nudity in like the first two minutes of the movie, seemingly for no reason, in like the dressing room? There's two bags in the dressing room. But why? But why? Probably just a gratuitous shot, and it's the '80s. I thought that was weird. I've never seen a movie that just has like nudity in the first like two minutes to never have it again. I, I just thought that was an odd little twist. But. The director, Paul Verhoeven, he also directed Starship Troopers. I think that there's a scene in that where men and women share. Kind of that share a dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like a. That's a, his like foot fetish. That's his Tarantino foot fetish. That's his Uma Thurman <laughs> big toe right there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry to derail that. You were talking about a Coke party. What do you have to say about that, Pat? Uh, no. So yeah, so he goes into the Coke party and then we have Red from that 70s show over the classic line Bitches leave. <laughs> which I... That was awesome. <laughs> that might be my favorite line of the whole movie. <laughs> How many times did he have to tell that to Eric? It's an incomplete sentence. <laughs> Dumbasses leave. Uh, <laughs> you guys noticed his hairline didn't really change from RoboCop to that 70s show. He aged really well. Yeah. I think he's had like been bald on top and hair on the side since birth. <laughs> it's like Steve Martin, just born with gray hair. He's been a boss baby his whole life. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think the reason I brought up that scene is one of the core deaths that I've seen on screen. And it also predicted a little bit of future technology. So you have Red, and okay, I should start calling him his character's name once. It's Clarence J. Boddicker. Let's just uh, go with Red. But Red, so yeah. Let's go with Red. So, I, I prefer Red. So Red, it, it's kind of cool. He puts it, <laughs> He they basically predict DVD technology, insert a disc into a player, and uh, uh, Dick Jones comes up on screen. Uh, but he shoots out his legs and then opens a grenade with his teeth and leaves it on the coffee table and just walks out nonchalantly. That is a badass way to kill off a character. Did he look back at that explosion? No. I don't no, no way, way he did. <laughs> not only not just a grenade, a digital grenade. It had like a counter on it <laughs> that was counting down. I was getting kind of nervous because usual grenades are like five seconds and I was like, why isn't he running? And he just walked <laughs> yeah, so slowly. Time. But why does he open it with his teeth? 
Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Red Foreman and he can do those things. The second act also contained my favorite commercial of the whole movie. Let's go ahead and roll that clip now. Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of debt. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. Yeah, so it's for... uh, Yeah, that was really funny. It's for Nuke them, the board game. I love when the little kid goes, Pakistan is threatening my border. <laughs> so I guess that sort of brings brings it back to the the TV narrative. Um, and, and given that this is sort of like a, a satire on a lot of different things, did you pick up on any any themes from the commercials? So you have the 6000 SUX commercial. So sucks, which Stevie mentioned. Sucks. <laughs> and we know it uses up a lot of gas. Uh, and then we also have a, a family board game, which is Nukem. And the tagline of this board game is get them before they get you. It's about battleship with nukes. And then the first one is the family heart center. So it's taking a privatized medicine to the extreme and talking about you can pick any brand of heart you want, like Yamaha oh, or Samsung. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess what did you guys, what, do you think they're trying to make a statement with these different commercials and if so what are they trying to to say uh i think it's just kind of uh just portraying the worst of like american american culture or like what could be the worst of american culture at the time and uh kind of reflecting it in the media i don't know i thought it was uh it's definitely satirical but uh there's like some truth behind some of these jabs that the director kind of made with these commercials yeah, it's just kind of part of how they tell the story of how dystopian this future is. And instead of like Blade Runner had just complete darkness and rain all the time, and instead this movie injects commercials to kind of remind you about how shitty things are. I, I just think that was kind of a story storytelling news that they use. And it's pretty entertaining in this movie. And it does remind me of Starship Troopers as well, because they inter- they like interrupt that with bro- live broadcasts and kind of give you an update so another pretty direct parallel between those two movies yeah it kind of reminded me with the newcomb commercial with like cold war paranoia and like nationalism i think that's kind of like the uh thing they were going for there well i even got a little bit of like i don't know if it's brave new world or 1984 but sort of like the the pacification of people through like sexuality and you get that in the i'd buy that for a dollar tv show that keeps (laughs) coming up so it's tough to it's tough to piece together what the exact synopsis of this show would be, but what what I can understand from what I what we see as the audience is that there's a a mustached old pervert in glasses <laughs> who's constantly getting into crazy sexual situations, just banging <laughs> chicks and seeing bags and just having a good time and his catchphrase is "I'd buy that for a dollar," and it means anything you'd want it to mean uh am i missing anything from that show within this show here is there he kind of reminded me of um who's that guy that smashes watermelons and the crowd just goes nuts gallagher gallagher, yeah. he gallagher. Remi- that dude reminded me of gallagher <laughs> it was like kind of the whole shtick but that's what that shtick reminded me of yeah it kind of reminds me of um idiocracy with the oi my balls tv show <laughs> oi my balls 
All right, so we've spent enough time for Act Two. Let's get to what the people. Let's get to what the people want. That's Act Three: RoboCop, Hyperviolence. One of the greatest climaxes in movie history. So, we actually start off a scene with a little bit of a slow moment. So it's sort of like the action peaks with that uh, shootout at the OCP Tower. Um, but yeah, then we have Rodney King on him. They did, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you mean by that, but they did. Uh, what did you mean? What? Yeah, what? <laughs> when like the cops like, turned on him, oh. and they just—I thought you meant like when the cops turned on him. When they when they shoot him down, Is that what where you there's mean? like eighty cops just constantly shooting him, <laughs> where he falls down the parking garage one yeah. level at a time. <laughs> one level at a time. So yeah, so I, I sorry, would... I didn't mean to interject there. Sorry. No, that was uh, an, an an analogy. But so this act picks up right after those events, and <laughs> we we see uh, the RoboCop sort of reflecting, like Derek Zoolander in a pool, saying, "Who am I?" and trying to figure out who he is. So they're back at the steel mill where the original shootout took place, um, but then the uh, OCP gang uh, is equipped with new weapons, and we see them trying those out, and then we get the. The shootout at the steel mill, financed by Dick Jones and Proxy, uh, with the gang from the, the original bank heist. So I don't want to spoil it. So what was you guys' favorite parts from this final third act? And we can bring them up that way. Who's gonna go first? Mikey, go ahead. I mean, cause I, cause <laughs> I know I know what yours is. <laughs> uh, I really liked uh, when that guy was melting. And he was walking around the steel mill. I think Josh mentioned that earlier. Uh, that was gross and terrifying. Well, so the, so the whole the whole thing with the guy melting. It's like, Ew. like so RoboCop like Olay is one of the main bad guys. <laughs> and I'm, what was his name again? It's uh... it's the redheaded guy that's been giving him trouble. Yeah, he's movie. like the guy that's been bagging on him the most the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he olays him, and then this guy drives into a giant uh, drum that has toxic waste. <laughs> and on he it. turns into a time bandit. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> he becomes small. <laughs> but he's like this dis- disformed pig-looking thing who then wanders into the road and causes an accident. And his head explodes when he's hit by the car all over the windshield. It's fucking awesome. It's probably the best death scene I've seen in a movie in a really long time. Wow. That's, that's high praise. I like when he tries going up to like his friend, who the actor is Ray Wise, but I don't know his name in the movie, and he's like, help me. And he's like, his no, friend's get just the like, fuck away. His friend's like, get the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> Just runs away in fear. I love that part. So then the other, I guess, other than the shootout steel mill, one of the best parts of the movie for me is just the way that the film closes because it happens so abruptly. Uh, Whoa! You're so gonna have... you're gonna go to the close already? Don't no, well, what am I chance? missing? 
Go ahead. Yeah, we didn't get a chance, man. Oh, Come on. Jump in there. Jump in there. I thought it was pretty okay. great when uh, Officer Lewis gets all shot up by Red. That was funny, right? That's it? How's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's why we wanted to hang no. around in this scene. No, no, <laughs> but no. no. The, uh, the part where Red, it's, it kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones. Red, like, sticks the spear into RoboCop, thinks he has him, and then RoboCop has him in close. So he gets to use his little, uh, what's it called, a servo knife or something? And he stabs Red. His in the hidden throat. blade. Yeah, it's hidden. Yeah, the Assassin's ninja. Creed hidden blade. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Speaking of Game of Thrones, are there any Jamie Lannister RoboCop parallels, Josh? What? That one got his <laughs> hand blown the off. Hand, the hand. Hand. Exactly like it, yeah. Okay. I, I'm seeing a lot more Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker uh, here than Mace Windu. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, did RoboCop <laughs> influence all of modern, modern uh, television and movies? Is RoboCop that influential? I think he mentioned sand in one of the scenes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it gets no, I think Darth Vader came before RoboCop. Just the whole idea of being mechanized. But I remember when I, it, what it reminded me of is the hands, what Pappy was talking about. And there's one part where he wakes up during surgery and he hears like the doctors and like uh, his his makers discussing what they should do with him. And he asks them like why they left his left arm. And they're like, well, it was still attached. And he's like, no, like get it out of here. That I think there's a scene where the emperor. This might be the extended universe, but I'm pretty sure the emperor like re- <laughs> removes one of the other hand of Anakin Skywalker at some point, so he becomes more Darth Vader. I don't know. I'm going on a Star Wars tangent. Someone stop me. Someone save me. <laughs> Stevie, what was your favorite part? I have two. I, I can't remember if this is in the third act or not, but one of them is where um, it's like when he gets uh, Red Foreman in the warehouse to himself. He's like, you have the right to remain silent, and he starts throwing him through glass. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> like he's like trying to tell him, I work for someone, I work for someone, and it's like the most elongated like thing ever. But when he, last time he throws him through anything, Red Foreman just goes, Dick Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. And then other favorite part is where um, it's like this really slow scene of like Ray Wise who. I mean, for those who don't know, he was like the dad in Jeepers Creepers too. This is that guy. He's um, of course. <laughs> yeah, everyone's seen that movie. We don't need but, to tell uh, you. <laughs> he's like running up to that like uh, I don't know how you describe it. It's like up on like the corner of like the uh, the hill. He's gonna drop everything on top of RoboCop, and oh, yeah, Lewis yeah. is crawling towards that grenade launcher. And he successfully drops all that crap on RoboCop, but he's just like, I got him! I got him! Second later, <laughs> Lewis just blows him up. <laughs> that was probably my favorite part of Act 3. Both solid both solid choices. Those both cracked me up. So I guess that does finally bring us to the very end of the movie, which is super abrupt and awesome, um, <laughs> where we have uh, RoboCop coming back to OCP Corp to have his shootout with Dick Jones. Um, it turns out that Dick Jones has programmed a secret directive in his uh, memory where he can't hurt employees of OCP Corp. So directive old, number four. Directive four. So the old man fires uh, Dick Jones. Uh, the old man's the CEO. And RoboCop shoots him through a glass pane to his death. And then <laughs> literally the way that the movie ends is it's the old man saying, what's your name, son? And RoboCop goes, 
Murphy. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Murphy. Cue the awesomest <laughs> score this side of a, a Steven Spielberg movie. RoboCop. Boom. <laughs> Title sequence and what? <laughs> Murphy. I mean, I was just absolutely floored by how awesome that ending was. It's everything that like an 80, like a, a B movie tries to be with that just sort of walk off moment. Did anybody else love that as much as I did? It is great. I checked to see how much time I had left because I was like, that can't be the, that can't be it. It's got to be like a teaser scene at the end. Nope. <laughs> That's how it ends. <laughs> it was definitely well-deserved, though, because the whole movie, you're like, want him to remember who he is. And it's like, he almost has like this small grin before he says it. And he's, yeah, like you say, he's just Murphy. Murphy. Boom. Instant title sequence. And that theme, they keep playing the same main part of the RoboCop theme <laughs> over and over again. And in no moment in that whole film is it more triumphant than Murphy. <laughs> Walking off with this 80s glorious sound surrounding him. It's so perfect. I gotta say, I, I spot a plot hole in this sequence, though. How dare Boo. you? How dare you, sir? But Boo. Okay, so RoboCop gets around directive number four because um, the CEO is, I think he's like the number two guy. He gets mm-hmm. verbally fired by the number one guy. And I just gotta say, at that level of business, I don't think... Uh, I think some more paperwork has to go through before he'd be actually fired. So I think RoboCop maybe jumped the gun a little bit there. Well, you're assuming that <laughs> you're assuming that the OCP Corp has built that advanced technology, wherein other models, such as the Ed 209, <laughs> they're unable to walk downstairs. So I would say oh, that the intricacies of <laughs> the intricacies of corporate HR may not have been programmed into RoboCop. So Fair I enough. dispute that as a plot point. <laughs> can I put it? Can I put it on the plot points on uh, IMDb though? Can our can our listeners upvote us? I'll upvote the shit out of that, and all of our listeners will too. <laughs> We're going to the top. <laughs> all right, what's uh? <laughs> that's enough of the plot summary. Let's take it to final thoughts. Uh, where you guys bring up anything else that we neglected to talk about today so any any final thoughts from you guys is this yes or no's or just no this is this is a different segment than yes or no's (laughs) it seems like yes or no's um i really don't have anything to add i just love this movie it's perfect (laughs) 80s it is (laughs) this is a perfect 80s movie to sit down on a saturday and crack open a cult on with the boys and watch it <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just I love this movie, especially anything with Dick Jones. Dick Jones. But um, <laughs> yeah, as my final thought, perfect eighties movie. Mikey, anything for me? Yeah, we definitely brushed over it pretty quick, but there's a lot of stuff we left out. Like the we didn't talk much about the robot that he fights, uh, which is has has a personal struggle with stairs. <laughs> Dude, uh, that that whole sequence is oh, like how it like feels out the stair like a little bit, and then it just fucking falls, <laughs> yeah. and, like screeches like a like a dinosaur thrown in ass. It like, also yeah, growls. Yeah. It growls. It's weird. <laughs> I kind of like it. Made it a little bit more scary that it had an animalistic noise to it. Um, I really liked 
you know, like they create RoboCop and instead of like easing him in on the force, it basically just takes off in a car full blast, full <laughs> speed ahead out of the police station, just solving crimes immediately. He like intercepts the keys like as they're being tossed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think that's it's pretty great how they accelerated the plot to kind of get to RoboCop kicking ass early and often in this movie. Oh, but talk about Murphy's first day on the job before he gets blown away. Very first day on the job, just <laughs> turned into, <laughs> but survives for a little Somehow. bit. Mind if I zip this up? <laughs> okay, so okay, what was that character's name? Uh, Joe P. Cox. <laughs> all right, first of all, <laughs> his name was Joe P. Cox, and second of all, he had the most annoying laugh this side of Jabba the Hutt's henchman I've ever heard <laughs> in a fucking movie. <laughs> Worse than the Lion King hyenas? <laughs> so, Josh, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. My final thought was just how I liked how they accelerated the plot. And it, it, it is a little bit of a thinking movie in that it has some, some themes, but it's really more about the fun and the ride. And it never takes itself too seriously. Yeah, I, I would say just sort of build on that. I think the writing in this movie is as good as writing an action movie can possibly be. Not just from how, like, the whole time the plot is just, like, chugging forward nonstop with, like, a fucking jet engine. You also have, like, these little things that keep... are called back to in the film, and then just make it easier to watch. Like, even if you don't realize you're seeing it, like, your brain catches it, and it makes a little callback that's, like, funny. And, like, the more times you watch this movie, the more entertaining it is. So, like... For example, every time a car leaves the police uh, garage, the tail of the car like hits the the ground and like shoots up sparks. <laughs> and it yeah. happens like four different times in the movie, and even happens once off screen. So like you're seeing the car leave, and you know like right when it's supposed to hit, the camera turns away, but you hear the kook when it hits the thing. So it's like <laughs> perfectly done, even every time. There's like a reoccurring motif of gum being chewed. Uh, in the first part of the movie, every time they get into a police car, it just fucking peels out before they're barely in the car. It happens twice, <laughs> like, very symmetrically. Um, and even, like, just the throwing the villains through glass. That happens, like, four times, but it's the way that each of the villains is disposed is by, like, getting tossed through glass. And it just makes it, like, nice to watch from a very fast-paced action standpoint. It makes it easier for your brain to understand what's going on with those sort of anchor points. Were there any other like ru- running gags that I missed, or well, or question about Josh? what you just yeah, question about what you just said. Would you rather be a pane of glass in this movie or a sink in a public restroom in Dewey Cox <laughs> Walk Hard? <laughs> that is a great discussion, <laughs> Mikey. We'll go to you first on that. Uh... <laughs> Yes or no on that. I need about seven more beers to fully get into that question. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, let's go to yes or no's. Uh, wait, 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 wait. All right. Oh, yeah. More final thoughts? We, well, before we get into the yes or no's, we had a call in. I oh. We should. Is that okay? Yeah. It's, I, it's, I missed the hotline blinging right in front of me. That's, uh, <laughs> let me hit that. Off in the distance. <laughs> 
What's up, babies? It's Kyle McVeigh calling from beautiful Hollywood, California to talk to you about one of the best sci-fi action utopias ever depicted on the big screen, 1987's RoboCop. Did you ever wonder just how much coke was being consumed in the 80s? Yes. Watch this movie. It's a goddamn drug-induced <laughs> fever dream. It has a metal man with a literal hip gun and USB spike, red foreman, and more blood squibs than one of my big-time parties in the hills. It was directed by one of my personal favorite directors, an insane Dutchman named Paul Verhoeven, who, by the way, grew up in Nazi-occupied Holland. Is that obvious in this movie? I feel like it's really <laughs> obvious. Anyway, I have a treat for you. I have the star of Robocop himself oh, here, shit. Mr. Peter Weller. Peter? Hello. <laughs> it's me, Peter Weller. Here's a fun story about Robocop. They cast me because of my naturally robotic voice. That's all I got. Weller out. Thanks, Peter. And that's all I got, babies. For me, RoboCop is a definite <laughs> yes. Oh my god, you got Peter Weller on the podcast. Oh, friend of the huge pod. friend of the show. Huge friend of the pod. That's <laughs> awesome. We got Peter Weller. <laughs> I do have a gripe. Why 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 is it calling us babies? <laughs> <laughs> that's how they talk on the West Coast, man. That's how they do it. Oh. I've been to the West Coast. I, I, no one ever called me a baby to my face. <laughs> Peter Weller, man, we did it. Wow, this could be the last podcast and we'd all die with a grin on our face. Oh. Oh, this is awesome. Well, thanks to Ky- or, yeah, Kyle for calling in and Peter Weller's, of course. Uh, but next time, you know, just throw, throw a little boss after that baby, man. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this podcast has gone on long enough. It's time to give our rating yes or no. So the spoilers rating, we each give it a binary yes or a no. Uh, Based on our own criteria, if we all give it a yes, that movie is uh, preserved. If we all give it a no, which rarely happens, that movie is spoiled. If it's something in between, we just make up some gross food title for it. Uh, So let's start off this with the way we start off the podcast. Mikey, yes or no? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, this is a yes. Uh, it has really great action. It's probably some of the best, like, 80s violence you're going to see in a movie. And it's really hilarious throughout. Uh, it moves really quick, and it's short, and that's always a plus. Uh, it was a fun movie, so I'll say yes. Stevie. Oh, man, this took me back to, like, when I was a kid, just, like, when movies were just awesome. Every movie was awesome. You barely got to even, like, critique it. But this is just a fun 80s movie to watch has a high rewatchability rate. Like you said, the writing is good. The acting doesn't need to be amazing, but it's also surprisingly good. Red Foreman is fun to watch. Um, if I have anything to say about it, just crack open a cold one with the boys and watch as many times as possible. It's a fun one. <laughs> Double dipping on a meme. Gotta do it. This is a hell yeah dog for me. Uh, one of my favorite movies that we've spoiled uh, for sure. And just a definite yes. Josh? Um, yeah, I think it's a yes for me too. It's a very easy yes, which kind of disappoints me because I can't figure out a way to work Vigo Mortensen in here. Um, That's so, hey, you don't need to. Yeah, no big deal. That's the beautiful thing about Vigo Mortensen's cock is he never forces it anywhere. It's not one. <laughs> He's truly noble. This is a perfect pod. We've gotten time bandits, Vigo's cock, a voicemail. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I I do think that this was probably one of the 
best depictions of law enforcement since uh, Young Guns. Um, oh, Jesus. I don't know. That was really forced. I'm joking. It's um, come full circle now. Yeah, that was a little too much. Uh, yeah, the Robocop get... is a very Christ-like figure, though. Very much. Oh, we so. missed Definitely. it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. He does resurrect. And he walks on water. <laughs> he is kind of into that violence thing, though. He's like Jesus in the temple. Like, flipping <laughs> shit. <laughs> that kind of Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. All right, we're getting into un- yeah, unsettling the territory for me. Um, it's, a, it's a yes. It's a very fun movie. Watch it if you haven't seen it. If it's been a while, watch it again. Cool. So three yeses. I'll make it four, and I'll make this movie preserved. Um, not too much else to say. I really think it's a perfect movie in that it's it's a che- it's uh, exactly what it's setting out to do. Right. It's uh it's trying to be this schlocky, 80s, ultra-violent, semi-satirical comedy. And it, and it checks all the boxes, and it executes really well. There's great cinematography. The soundtrack really, I was making fun of it a little bit, but it's really a phenomenal score to this movie. Um, all the details are there, and then it also just has this fun layer on top of it, which makes it a hard, hard yes for me. So RoboCop is preserved. Who do you hit? All right, you got. You guys want to play some trivia? Yeah, so yeah. so ready. All right, so if this is your first episode of spoilers, we're getting that RoboCop bump. The way this works, the RoboCop bump. is that I or uh, I won the last. Uh, sorry, I was pulling up my question here. I won the last trivia episode, so I got to pick RoboCop. Whoever wins today will play my role as host in the next episode and pick what movie we're going to spoil. So. This game is called That Malcolm in the Middle Show. So it's sort of a rip on a game we did before. Uh, So like we mentioned, Ed Nauseam, Red from that 70s show, was in this movie. (laughs) And then I'm Pappy Malcolm, so uh, Malcolm in the Middle comes into play. So I have a list of about 30 episode titles. Some of them are from that 70s show. Some of them from Malcolm in the Middle. And actually, even though they're both uh, 90s aughts uh, Fox comedies, you would be shocked at how many uh, crossover titles they have. <laughs> both of them have <laughs> the same title. So I plucked out uh, 30 unique titles, though. So we'll go one at a time. Uh, single elimination. Uh, so you're going to guess if it's the title from that 70s show or if it's the title from Malcolm in the Middle. The order will be, I think it's going to be Josh... Stevie, Mikey, is that correct? What if we go, both get in, or what if we both get it wrong in the same round? Nope, Mikey's got to get one right. Nope, nope. There's no need to prove it. It's just last man standing. What? Oh, I yeah. hate this one. Yeah. Well. Boo. Yeah. Uh, so Might as well do this with... a zebra question. <laughs> no, it's not worse than the zebra question. Don't even bring that up. <laughs> but Josh, we'll start with you. Our first title is. Sunday, Bloody Sunday. I've got to say, first of all, that the zebra trivia was awesome. And there's a lot of thought behind that. And I just got to give my brother some... I gotta okay, fuck up off. So, okay, okay, fuck off. There's some definitely... <laughs> there's this weird, long collusion going on where they're, they're picking all these old, weird movies. They're cheating <laughs> on trivia for each other. I don't like it. I don't know what's going on. I think it's a hostile takeover. But, Josh... Your question is Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Okay, that, I'm going to say 70 that, show? that 70s show. Correct. 
All right. Stevie, first date. Malcolm in the middle. Stevie has been eliminated. Oh, Stevie. That's so generic, though. Like, that's 50. Yeah, for real. Mikey, yours is Reefer Madness. Uh, that 70 show. Correct. Josh, yours is Roller Skates. This isn't where you're going to, like, throw this to Mikey like I did to Vince that one time, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, these were, these were randomized by Excel. Roller Skates. I guess I'll say Malcolm in the Middle. It's a total guess. Dude, it's a really good, really good episode. And correct. Yes. It's um, a really good episode of that 70s show. Mikey, substitute. And that was a Malcolm Didn't in Mikey the Middle. Didn't Mikey win? No, it was Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, that was correct. It sounded kind of like oh, you said okay. incorrect, but he said correct. Sorry, correct. Substitute, uh, Mikey. I have seen every episode of Malcolm in the Middle, so I have that going wow. for me. That's a huge advantage. But I am unsure. I will say this is Malcolm. And your winner and new host, <sighs> Josh from Goshen. Substitute. Wasn't that 70s show? And once again, I'm glad I spent a god darn hour of my life putting together a long list of episodes. We made it through six. Congrats, oh, guys. Man, First oh, day, man. I mean, that's a 50 50. That could have gone either way. For real. What would you have said to Grandma's Dead? That's Malcolm. No, that's that 70s show. I would have said Malcolm. It's that 70s show. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. So we'll get Mikey or uh, Josh's pick for what we'll be spoiling next. Uh, Steve, you want to give us them plugs? Too sour, you do it. No, you got it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Too drunk, uh, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you want to tweet at us or read what we're doing on Twitter, it's um, at spoilers underscore pod. If you want to look at our Instagram and see what... Uh, they're not gifts, they're actually videos that are really... Uh, pulled together really nicely. It's um, at what is it? Podcast spoilers. Mm-hmm. At podcast spoilers. Uh, if you want to email us, tell us a movie to review, or tell us how we're doing, we are at at podcast. Bo- uh, actually, no, it's not. it's a uh, podcast spoilers at gmail dot com. Let's see. If you want to find us on iTunes, we are uh, spoilers exclamation point. We are the one that looks like a cereal bowl with alphabet uh, cereal in the middle of it. Uh, leave us a five star rating. Tell us how we're doing or how not good we're also doing. Am I missing anything else? Uh, Joshua Hensley of the band The Rutabagas playing us out right now. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Fantastic. Thanks, Josh. Speaking okay. of Josh, Josh. What Western are we watching? What movie Young are we Young Guns 2. It's funny you say that. Well, before that, I would just want to plug Kyle, who called in earlier. And you can call in, oh. too, at uh, 903-SPOIL-07. But Kyle with... Uh, his own LOJK podcast. You can see them on Twitter at LOLJK podcast. Yeah. And I am going to choose a Western. It's time to it's time to get back to the West, guys. And I'm gonna choose back a movie called West. Duck, You Sucker. What the fuck? What did you call me? What? <laughs> what? Is that a Blasploitation Western? What did you pick? Duck, you sick suck. Fuck. What? Dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so excited now. I'm so pumped to watch this. This movie is called Duck, You Sucker. It's a Sergio Leone movie from 1971. 
it's a western. You guys are going to love it. Well, never heard of it. We will. <laughs> Rod Steger. Why does that sound so familiar? Because it kind of no. sounds like Bob Seger. No, I hate Bob Seger. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we finished strong just like RoboCop last episode. <laughs> that was spoilers. <laughs>